Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. Hello, everyone. It has been a while, and today I would like to be angry. <laughs> um, but hello, everyone. Welcome back to Our Soul. And today I just want to start by talking about something that I have been seeing around that really just gets me going. Um, if you don't know, there is a special election that's coming up on August 8th. Um, and it is an election that uh, we have been talking about uh, that you should vote no on. Vote no on issue one. And I have been seeing these signs out in these uh, little rural, rural areas here in Ohio um, that say to vote yes on issue one. Nothing makes me angrier than um, the government convincing people to be against themselves. Um, so as we're preparing for this upcoming election, um, an election that honestly should not be happening, uh, as Terry Twenty love- million dollars. We're paying yeah, yeah. twenty million dollars for this election. Okay. <clears throat> no, I Terry. Terry, for for all of the you who may be new here, is our elections extraordinaire. Terry has been involved in elections, um, serves as an official, um, does just so many things. Um, and Terry, I would love for you to talk about how unnecessary <laughs> this uh, special election is and how um, not cost effective it is, um, because it's it's something that really really grinds my gears. So. Harry, I would love to hear your opinion on this. As long as we get back to your anger around these signs, because oh, yes. I, oh, I, I am with over. you. <laughs> um, so for those of you who aren't aware, um, my name is the Reverend Terry Williams. In addition to being a faith organizer with Faith Choice Ohio and lovely co-star of this podcast with Kelly, um, I am also pastor and teacher at Orchard Hill United Church of Christ in Chillicothe, Ohio, and I serve a partisan political committee. I am a vice chair in the Ross County Democratic Party, for which I do not speak, and none of this content is uh, attributable to the party. However, as a party uh, vice chair, I'm responsible for things like helping people get yard signs, right? And we have been out of vote no on issue two yard sign or issue one yard signs. See, I'm I'm not even I'm not even here. I'm not even present in this moment. We've <laughs> gone through so many yard signs. Um, the issue itself is not, and I repeat, not a partisan issue. Some people are trying to turn it into a partisan issue because one party decided to force this election on Ohioans. And Kelly referenced this special election in August. Some of you might remember, like, oh, eight months ago, the legislature passed a law that said we're doing away with special elections in August because they cost a lot of money, they only have low voter turnout, and they're only used by people who want to manipulate the electorate and jam some things through with a very, very small voter turnout, right? Hmm. You might be asking yourself, all right, if we made that decision, like, back in January, why are we now having a special election to try to change the Ohio Constitution to make it harder to change the Ohio Constitution right ahead of a proposed abortion ballot initiative? Well, friends, that's because you live in the state of Ohio, and our legislators don't care about what the people need or want, and they certainly don't care about being self-referentially coherent. 
Um, they came together to force this election on the people of Ohio, knowing that it will be a lower turnout election, knowing that it will be subject to huge, huge swings in spending from outside money, like billionaire Richard Yuldine, who is fueling a lot of this. And they decided to go ahead and pay $20 million maybe more dollars out of the state treasury. I say maybe more because 20 million is the set cost that we know of and the additional cost that might have to be borne by other, you know, grants that are offered or emergency grants that are paid out to local boards of elections. It's kind of up in the air, but our state legislature made the decision to spend $20 million to put this ballot initiative up solely because they knew they had to vote on it before the November election where we are putting abortion on the ballot and we're going to change our constitution with a yes vote in November to allow abortion to be accessible to everyone in the state. Now, let me repeat that again. Vote no in August, vote yes in November. Right now, we're focused on this August election, this $20 million travesty, which Last last side note, I am angry about how much this election costs, because in addition to all of the other things I named earlier that I do, I'm also involved with an organization called the Hunger Network in Ohio. And we went and lobbied this year to try to get universal school lunches, free school lunches for every child in the state. We went with a whole coalition, right? Free student meals, right? To make sure that there's no student that goes hungry in a school in Ohio. We had broad bipartisan support, had support of several committee chairs, including Jay Edwards, fantastic on this issue, um, Republican from the eastern part of the state. And that budget item, which would have cost $26 million, got yanked out of the budget because we were told we don't have enough money in the state. The day after they yanked that money out of the budget, they also voted to advance this $20 million special election. That is $20 million to vote on one issue in the middle of August. So for me, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a person of faith, as a person who supports abortion access because of my morality and because of my values, I see this as literally taking money out of the mouths of children to try to harm pregnant people and birthing mm -hmm. people. And it makes me angry as hell. Kind of like your reaction when you see these vote yes on issue one, protect the constitution signs, right? It's, why, why, why are you so mad about that? What, what makes you mad about that, Kelly? It's just, it's, it really, the thing that makes me the most angry is that it, it, like you said, it's not a partisan issue. And it, it, some people are trying to turn it into a partisan issue. And when I when I hear about the, I don't know everything, and maybe you can clarify on some things that I don't know, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm not expecting you to know everything. Um, but the things that I do know about um, issue one are terrible. Like, uh, so it it becomes instead of a you know majority rule over fifty percent. Uh, yes equals a pass, which makes sense, you know, is logical. They, they bring it up to a 60%. And then, and then what that means is not that majority rules that the minority rules that if you have 40% of people, um, or, uh, I guess 41, just 41% of people 
who uh, are against an issue, then you ruin it for everyone. And it would it would make sense if we were like a small like, let's say you have a group of friends and and you're going to do something that harms like for uh, 41% of your friends. Maybe you should reconsider the thing that you're doing. However, we are not a group of friends. We are a state of people. And when, you know, f- over 50% of people are wanting, you know, access to things, especially given the fact that this is coming up right before um, the vote on uh, the uh, abortion amendment to uh, the Ohio Constitution, when when 50%, <laughs> when over 50% of people are wanting, uh, you know, things from their state, I believe that those people deserve those things. Um, that's, that's just one part of it. As well, there's this one uh, thing that I've seen in a few of the graphics that are going around um, for uh, the, the campaign for voting no on issue one, uh, where you have to get signatures from every every county in the state so if you're missing just one county then like that makes it invalid and then right now in the in the process for petitions uh if uh you know some signatures are invalid and they're short then there's like this grace period where um those who are petitioning can work to get more signatures so that they can be valid and instead of that uh grace period um, if you're short, you just have to start completely over. Um, and that sounds just like, you know, another waste of money, another waste of time and another way of, uh, taking, you know, uh, the autonomy away from Ohio citizens, um, and throwing it into the supermajority of, uh, the state government. And I'm already mad about there being a supermajority. I don't, I don't think that any, any place should really have a supermajority. It doesn't feel ethical for a government. Um, but that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm not affiliated with anyone else except for me. My opinions are my own. Those are my opinions. <laughs> um, but, I. Uh, you know, it, it just, it, I think what is most important to me as a person is, autonomy and being able to have uh, a say over, you know, what happens to me and and those uh, I'm closest with. And I feel like this is continuing to take that away. And it's already, you know, we've talked about Ohio being the bad place. Um, it's already the bad place. And this just makes it the worst place. <laughs> Ohio is competing for the worst. And uh, I feel like we're doing pretty well in that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know 49, 51, all the percentages, it gets kind of lost with us. Let's let's take the number of Ohio voters that turned out in the 2020 presidential election, right? 2020 presidential election, good turnout, right? Because it's a presidential election year. It's not the same turnout we're going to get in an August special election, I'll tell you that. Much, much lower in August, right? But this 2020 number, Let's say this same number of people that turned out in the 2020 presidential election turn out in an election under the new issue one. Let's say issue one's passed. Let's say the same number of people turn out. That's 5,922,202 people. So just shy of 6 million people. If those percentages that we just mentioned, the 59 versus 41 play out, if that percentage plays out, you could end up in a situation where the yes side for an amendment wins by more than a million votes. 
they would win by a million a hundred and eighty four thousand three hundred and twenty votes and they would still lose the election that is astronomical to me that says to me you as a person who who vote for this initiative you are interested in non-majority rule you don't care that you are in the minority and indeed you know that you are in the minority and that's what gives me just vim and vigor as I'm going out here advocating for a vote no with all these different organizations mind you please 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 go visit votenoinaugust.org our organization Faith Choice Ohio along with well over 250 other organizations have signed on the list is really impressive and it's kind of obscenely long so just FYI take a minute to go browse you're gonna need more than a minute right you might be asking yourself now wait a minute I thought Faith Choice Ohio I thought Faith Choice Ohio was a 501c3 organization. What are you all doing getting involved in elections? Here's a fun story, folks. As 501c3s, both 501c3 nonprofits and church and religious organizations, so churches, synagogues, mosques, we as organizations cannot participate in candidate focused elections. So we cannot intervene on a political campaign in favor of or against any candidate for public office. That's how it's written in the IRS code. We can, however, take positions on issues because issues are nonpartisan and affect us all. Go take a look at votenoinaugust.org and see the number of different organizations that have joined together against this issue. There are organizations on that list I never dreamed in a million years we would be on the same side of, right? Like the Fraternal Order of Police in many yeah. jurisdictions have come out, not uh -huh. typically our bedfellows, okay? Uh -huh. We've got organizations and groups that frankly haven't talked to each other for decades compete with each other, would never want to be on the same side of an issue. We've got unions that regularly fight each other for work and for local certification and lots of other issues who have all said, guess what? None of that matters because this is so bad. <laughs> we're joining together here and we're going to stand in solidarity. And the people who are supporting this issue on the other side comes down to a handful of folks, the Buckeye Firearms Association, because they don't want a gun amendment that could possibly limit the rights of gun owners to own all kinds of firearms. There is Ohio Right to Life, because they are terrified of the abortion ballot initiative. And the Chamber of Commerce and the Restaurant Associations. Why? Because they're terrified that we might actually pass a regulated minimum wage in the state of Ohio. And side oh, no. note, side note, side note, due to some great reporting, I believe from Columbus Dispatch, but I will correct that in show notes if it's not. I think it's either Columbus Dispatch or the Toledo Blade. They came out and gave us a report to show that the Chamber of Commerce, the State Chamber of Commerce, that has about 80 or 90 people on its board, only had about 45 or 50 people at its last meeting where it endorsed this issue. And it only endorsed the issue with like 25 or 30 of their members. So even the people who voted to endorse this issue, the very few organizations, they don't really support it deeply. They just kind of know they need this for their own political bed feathering. Uh -huh. That's the situation we're in. What gives me, though, so much joy as I go about working with these different organizations to try to defeat this amendment, to try to defeat this issue, 
is the fact that the people who put this issue up already told us they know we're winners. The people who put this up know that 50% of Ohioans plus one and a whole hell of a lot more disagree with their agenda. They already know that the majority's not with them. They're just hoping we're sleepy enough to not come out in an August election that we'll let them sneak a fast one by. And I don't believe we're sleeping. I believe we are awake. I believe we are awake and we are moving and we're going to make sure that this gets defeated. But we have to get people out to vote. If you are listening to this to this podcast, you have to get out and vote. You do not have to wait until August 8th. Early voting is happening right now. You can request yeah. an absentee ballot. You can go down to your board of elections. That's how I voted last week. I went to my board of elections, took me no time at all, walked right in, got my ballot, filled out one circle because that's all that's on the ballot. There ain't nothing else on the ballot. No other issue. It's one issue. Vote no takes you five minutes, right? You can request any anybody in the state can request a mail ballot. And fun story, uh, our legislature passed the most restrictive voter ID law in the nation in this past year. So now all the ways that you used to be able to ID your vote when you went in to vote, all of those have changed, right? You now have to have a photo ID of some kind. You can have a photo ID with your correct address on it, or you can have a photo ID that is a U.S. passport that has no address on it which makes no sense at all if we're trying to verify where people live. But lo and behold, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to the powers that be because mm-hmm. people who have passports tend to be of a certain political and financial class. Um, those things are now required if you vote in person. If you vote by mail, though, all you need are the last four digits of your social security number, right? So remember, if you have moved, if you are not sure what's going on, if you are concerned about, oh, I might not have the right ID or I don't have enough money to go get my ID changed and everything, vote by mail. Request that ballot early. Request it now. Turn it back in, right? If you are concerned about any voter ID requirements, the ACLU has a great voter ID info uh, list. We will put that in the show notes. Go over to ACLU of Ohio. They are, of course, on the no campaign. Make sure you vote because we have to send the message that not just 50% plus one, but a whole hell of a lot more than that in terms of Ohio voters are against this power grab. We've got to tell them we're against it. Otherwise, they're going to keep trying it again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. And so so now <laughs> I'd like to go back to why I'm so angry about these things. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> you said we could yes. talk about it as long as we came back to Absolutely. why I'm mad. Um, and, and I think, like, the biggest thing, and I th- I've used this word before, um, I would like to thank Dr. Yervon Zimmerman for, for teaching me this word. It's Christian anti-intellectualism, which is which is this this thing that really also grinds my gears, um, where there is this uh, thought that you should just believe in, you know, those who are in the church or in in these communities that, um, you know, like believing in the Republican Party and like the or or believing in uh, like just doing whatever your church or your church leader tells you to. And what makes me really upset about that is because I think about for years and years and years of my life, just my life alone, uh, how many times 
the teachings of the church that I went to, or the churches that I were a part of, and even just like in general, big C church, uh, taught me to work in my own or against my own self-interest. You know, the the many times that I was taught to, you know, humble myself and carry my cross and how that kept me from standing up for myself when it came to situations where I was not being treated fairly. There have been times that like, you know, um, I have questioned whether or not I should do things because uh, I should be of service to people or if I should request that I be paid what I'm worth because... I, I want to be paid as a person who lives within capitalism. And and a lot of these stories that I've had to unpack for myself have been based off of this anti this Christian anti-intellectualism, which is this this understanding that like, oh, this is this is what I've been taught by the church. This is, you know, law. This is what I base my beliefs on. And so I'm just going to follow that blindly rather than thinking about issues and questioning it for myself and then coming up with a decision that is based off of my beliefs and values um, that also come from the church. <laughs> there are a lot of values that I hold uh, that I base my decisions on that have come from my my faith and and that, you know, that's that's why I'm here with Faith Choice Ohio. If I had believed that the, the church was always blindsiding me, I, I wouldn't be here. Um, but there are definitely groups and people who have used the position of the church and this this uh christian anti-intellectualism to get people to work against themselves and so when i see these signs and uh you know we're like out in um rural areas especially is where i've seen them at least um and and sometimes i've i've seen a few other signs um, that say vote yes in August, I'm like, you don't understand what it like. I, I feel like what the people who have those signs out have been told is not the full picture. And even I, you know, I knew about the like uh, 40% uh, again, or the 41% against thing. I knew about that. But the thing that really made me upset was like, oh, if you have one county that doesn't have enough, or you're short on signatures, you don't get a grace period. Like those things are absolutely ridiculous. And you can know that by the fact that there are so many organizations and people who would not work together who are all against this issue. Um, but I feel like there are there are people out there who are trying to convince people who have for probably their whole lives learned to blindly have faith in the church or blindly have faith in um, the the leaders that their families and that they've been taught to, you know, continually vote into um, office uh, and and therefore continue to vote against <laughs> their own self-interest. And I, I, oft, I, I think a lot about like the, you know, earlier you were saying that they took the money that could have been used on giving kids lunch and instead are using it to fight against um, this abortion amendment. And a, a lot of what I think about when it comes to abortion issues, you know, we talk, we, we say uh, this, we give this definition a lot, but I will give it again. Uh, you know, reproductive justice, the right to have children, to have children, to not have children, and to parent the children we have in safe and sustainable communities. So like that, to have children, you, part of this amendment <laughs> 
is like base of fertility. It's in there. <laughs> and and the reason that there there the reason that some people choose to have abortions or choose to be on birth control is partially to be able to sustainably have community or uh, families in in their communities. And uh, by having such an attack on this abortion amendment, they say we don't care about feeding kids in schools. And we also don't care about families being able to uh, manage, you know, how they have their families to the point that we're going to block and keep people from potentially being able to have safe and sustainable families. And, you know, I think like people like to focus on in reproductive like rights, health rights and justice um, spaces, you know, I think a lot of the time, uh, the people who are against um, abortion and and reproductive health rights and justice focus on uh, the just the abortion itself. And they think of it as I'm not going to repeat what they think of it as. We all know what they think of it as. But what what really abortion gives um the space for has the capacity for is allowing people to make families that are sustainable to make families that are being or that are able to give kids you know better lives <laughs> that they deserve because if you you know I, I you know i'm thinking about myself and if um i were in this situation i if i if i had a family and had an unexpected pregnancy that I knew would tip me over the edge of um, being able to be in a good financial situation, I would want to have the option of having an abortion of, or at least uh, if I got to the point where it's like, okay, I'm in a good spot and I'm feel financially secure. I would want to be able to have the option of uh, having birth control and uh, being able to, maintain the kind of life that I want to have and that I would want my kids to have. And by blocking this and by being so vehemently against this, what it's, it's really, to me, it's a fight against kids. It's not, it's, it's, it's a fight against uh, giving kids a life that is, you know, safe and sustainable and, and allowing parents to make decisions um, on their kids' behalf. And we, so anyway, I'm going to, jump off this soapbox no no you 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 got it we are we are running out of time i do want to mention all that you have shared the christian anti-intellectualism like first off let's talk about how yvonne zimmerman is just a blessing to both of us yvonne was um a dear professor of mine in seminary a decade ago and um uh, of yours (laughs) a decade thence uh uh, hence thence i don't know um, but love Yvonne Zimmerman and the concept of Christian anti-intellectualism, we actually cover in Religion and Repro Training with Faith Choice Ohio. We talk about how Christian anti-intellectualism around kind of the turn of the last century, talking about evolution really motivated evangelicals to take part in their um their local elections and to try to control local systems of education that gave way to real defenses of things like segregation and when segregation was no longer a defensible political issue abortion took the place of that 
fundamental organizing mm-hmm. piece. We can talk for a long while about that. You can come to a religion or repro training, but like suffice it to say, everything that you've shared, 100%. We're in a situation where we are choosing the theoretical children of somebody else's womb over real flesh and blood people who are begging to be heard. And that is fundamentally a moral issue, and that is fundamental immorality in the way that our state has functioned. Don't care what your religious background is. Don't care what your your religious predilections might be. It is immoral to ignore the cries of living human beings in this moment while you claim to advocate for this, this theoretical prospect of humanity that may not even be created. So we're, we're into that place. Uh, we have so much more that we could cover. You're going to have to come back for next time to hear what we, uh, we go into again uh, here with religion and repro and our soul. But just remember, vote no in August. Be sure to visit the website. We'll have lots of show notes up. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we are so grateful to get to spend time with you. Thanks, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.